Matthew Hoppy and Hoppy's in for Schalke. Magnificent finish. Amina Reeks run meanwhile here. Looks for Hoppy again. Oh my word! You cannot write this kind of script. Blau und weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode 120 of Schalke America, and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on the show, as always, is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this evening? Well, I exist, which is more than you can say for <laughs> Schalke's attack at the moment, so I guess I have that going for me. How are you, sir? I, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. No no doubt about that. Um, I have to agree with that comment there. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of love lately, um, all, you know, on all, all social media, YouTube, everything. Um, you know, lot, obviously, the English-speaking audience is our, is our main our main core, and, you know, people give us love all the time. But, you know, I want to give a shout-out to some of the – Uh, the German followers who you know just you know just happen to find Schalke America and been following along with us, giving a lot of praise to us. We've been thanking like guys like Tony uh, Wegscheidler and 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 just several others that you know have been um, very vocal about how, saying you know they're you know they're more of the listen to the German podcast, but they listen to us because you know they they find our, our information incredible and they and they they enjoy what we say and what we do. So you know, give a shout a big shout out to them. Uh, it's uh it, it's nice, very cool to hear when you hear stories about that, Jack. When uh, people give you shout outs, where especially the unexpected ones, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we've said this before, but I, I feel like you and I would probably be doing this to some extent, even if we were shouting into the void, which to some extent we are anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, when we do get feedback from people around the world, especially as opposed to, you know, people in our own bubble in America, it's always nice because, um, you know, the idea that we have anything of value to provide to, to you know, the larger yeah. fan community, no matter where they are, is is, is always um, humbling and nice to hear. So, yeah, we always appreciate those comments. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, and, you know, let's let's give it into because uh, Schalke waited until after our podcast to release the uh, announcement of their new manager, uh, Dimitrios Gramosis. Uh, and uh, it's not unexpected. I mean, this is, I guess, you know, of the one between him and Baumgart. I think this is the guy we were leaning towards. Right. At least I was. Um, and so it wasn't too much of a surprise. But still, anytime you got a new man coming in, uh, it kind of just wakes you up and kind of resets the button. What were your thoughts upon his initial Uh, hiring yeah and it's a name that we had heard before um because i think he was kind of floating around before we hired manuel baum as well right right um so he had been clearly kind of in contention and in conversations with the schalke hierarchy for quite a while um you know as we've said a couple times over the past previous podcasts it, beggars can't be choosers at this point schalke is not in a good position um and it's not a position that figures to get better anytime soon if anything um it's only to become more difficult as you know the finances continue to be a problem unless we find a way to turn that around but you know spite of bundesliga is not going to help that so um it, it's not an attractive job uh and i mean mid-season two when you're basically guaranteed to get relegated at this point almost it's 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 you kind of have to <laughs> pick from whoever's interested at that point and, and try to find the best person so i'm not trying to say that you know uh gratis isn't qualified or anything like that but um I guess my thoughts are I don't think there's many managerial candidates that are viable that I would have been super excited about at this point anyway. It's just kind of who can steer us to the end of the season um, with as much pride remaining as possible, I think. Yeah, and I agree with that. And not to deviate too far off of this real quick, but uh, there was a obviously the rumors always sp speculate around and a name that's been 
in and out of the Schalke sphere, I guess, if you will, Ralph Rangnick. Uh, he was on interview this uh, this weekend, and they asked him about, you know, what, what's his next position and next job going to be. And he said, you know, I'm looking, I'm going at one of the one of the great big clubs, has a great stadium. And, you know, it, was, it left you thinking, oh, maybe he wants to take a Schalke job eventually, especially if you're going to fight the Bundesliga, it's going to be open. Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but back to the current manager. Um, yeah, it's, it's somebody who we knew little about. Um, we did try to dig deep and try to figure out the tactics, you know, looking back his his Darmstadt days. Uh, we posted a video on YouTube. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. Uh, talks about the 4-2-3-1 that he likes to do. But um, we wanted to learn more about him. And we reached out to a colleague of ours who is familiar with this fight, the Bundesliga, uh, Louis Ostrovsky. Uh, he talked to us a little bit about him and talked about how he was very um, well-respected in this fight, the Bundesliga, a manager that many people uh, held high in high regards. Uh, and also, uh, we saw some other people tweeting out how, you know, uh, despite his 4-2-3-1 formation that he did use, uh, Gramosis, that is, uh, at the end of the season, we, before it, when it was confirmed that he was leaving Darmstadt, he pretty much said, you know, F it, uh, let's change it up. And he went to a 3-5-2 formation just to see something more attacking. Uh, and it ended up working for Darmstadt, and they ended up becoming more attacking at the end of the season, and they played very well. So, you know, a reason I mentioned that is because uh, heading to this game, we were, weren't were sure what was going to have the lineups were going to shake out, right, Jack? Uh, we thought maybe it was going to be a 4-2-3-1. You know, every, all indications say that, that that's what the lineup he was going to go with. Um, looking at the lineup uh, of this uh, of our team, I should say, um, obviously with all the injuries going on and whatnot, uh, the lineup that came out was a three, it's like a three, four, one, two, three, five, two at variation, sometimes a four, two, three, one. But the lineup was uh, in goal, Frederick Renov, obviously due to the injury of Ralph Fairman. Um, and, and also, I think Longer might have been had injury as well. Um, the, the three center backs would be Timo Becker, Mustafi, Tiao. You also had William at, at the right wing, uh, Chalanolu playing the left wing. Kolasinac actually playing at the as a of a pivot as well as Silat Serdar. Um, to start the game, the ten was Chan uh, was excuse me, I mean Harit uh, with Matthew Hoppy and Benito Roman. But then uh, just before kickoff, Jack, there was news that there was a uh, an injury that picked up, and we had a a guy we've been longing for all season long finally made an appearance. Yeah, so that was the big news leading up to it. Obviously, is uh, the injury list at the moment at Schalke is insanely long. Um, does not speak well to what's been going on there uh, behind the scenes in terms of you know the training staff and maybe some of our general um, training under Christian Gross even uh, potentially. But uh, yeah, so Harit uh, going out right before the start of what's honestly, if we're being serious, a relegation six pointer against Mainz um, is a huge blow. It does allow for for Chan Bosduan to come into the lineup, as you said, something that we've been at least I have been uh, pushing for to some extent, not the way that you would like to see him get involved, but still nice to see him um, get some minutes. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think the two other big talking points are, as you said, Zad Kolasinic moving into a defensive midfield position from left back. Um, and then uh, Karim Chenonoglu getting his yeah. debut um, yeah. at left back. So here I have mixed feelings on this overall. On the one hand, you know, we've been talking for, for most of, of the early part of the season leading up to the winter break about uh, one of the biggest uh, positions of need being our, our left and right back positions. Or, you know, our depth and quality of fullback wasn't what it needed to be. And we thought that was having issues in a variety of areas, including, you know, going forward. Um, and then in the winter break, you see us bring in two of those players, Kolasinic as a left back and then William as as, as a right back. Um, and then in this game, you're seeing neither of those people playing in those positions. Mm-hmm. Um, which is 
I mean, which is fine. I mean, I, I can understand the argument to be made for, for, you know, Zale going into the midfield potentially, but I guess I just feel like if that, if you brought him in because you wanted to improve that position and then you're pulling him into the midfield, which is kind of where we're loaded in terms of that's where most of our quality is, is in the midfield. Yeah. And then you're putting, you know, a young kid as a debut in the left back. I mean, yeah, so I, I like seeing debuts. I, I think that only makes more sense as we continue as, as the season goes on. If, if relegation gets secured, then yeah, play the kids who are going to be here on contract, get them experience and try to get ready for the spite to Bundesliga. But um, in general, I just I found that to be potentially not maximizing what Kolasinic can bring to the table um, yeah. in that position. I thought it was strange, but it's I, I'm, I'm open to it and I'm, I'm interested to see it again against the team that isn't Mainz. But yeah. Uh, well, we got Wolfsburg next, and they're ranked third in the table. So I don't know if we want to see it against them. But I think you know, you know, to your two points there, uh, maybe the reason why William has we've not seen him as much at right back is the emergence of Timo Becker and his you know consistency at at, at right back, even though he kind of played center back ish today. Uh, so that could have something to do with it. I don't know. Um, left back, yeah. I mean, you would think it would be um, Cola playing at left back, but maybe you know one of the positions we've been struggling mightily. It seems like as of late. Has been the, the the double pivot, right? It's it's usually one or both the guys have been struggling mightily, and maybe he maybe uh, Gramosi's thought uh, that Cola being back there would maybe help a little bit. I agree, it's out of position, and maybe it'll work going forward. Who knows? Maybe he needs more time. Um, he obviously picked up the yellow right away, so he's got that uh, defensive midfielder mentality there. Uh, a little early for my taking, but um, yeah, it was an interesting lineup. And then with, with Chan Bazduan, you know, we were excited to see him play, and it seemed like every time we had seen him play, he seemed very mature for the lack of playing time he's had though in this game i think it, it it stuck out like how rusty he's been he looked he was missing a lot of passes in this game um didn't look like his normal stuff yeah. and that could just be no pitch time right first of all i mean i think i think you're right about the becker point by the way i think that is probably to explain that because right around the time we brought william in is when you saw timo becker really starting to put in some consistent performances so i think he has played himself into the lineup but um yeah, and I, yeah, and I understand like the logic behind the Kolasinic movement in, in particular, try to beef up that midfield. I guess the concerns I have are um, it's putting a lot of pressure on our left back position doing that because Ochipka yeah. hasn't been what we thought he was going to be. And then you have a young kid, but also, um, you know, Kolasinic's best attributes have never been um, the accuracy of his passing or like the weight of his touch, no. that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, if you're going to partner him with with Suat Serdar and then have Kolasinic be the one who stays back and is just your destroyer, and then you know Serdar can dribble around and try to connect, which is kind of what was happening. I can understand that working, but yeah. you do, you do wonder if that's almost too much of a downgrade from like you know Stambouli and Mascarell. But at the same time, it's hard to point to anybody and be like, given the performances this season, be like that's a significant upgrade. That's a significant upgrade. Everyone's been struggling at times. Um, as far as the Chan Boston one thing goes, yeah, I think he got off to a pretty rough start in especially the first 10, 15 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think probably the biggest moment was we had a nice counterattacking opportunity early on um, where he had multiple options and uh, just played a pass that was cut out by a defender for almost really no reason, really should have connected that. And that could have been honestly one of our better chances of the game if that pass had gone through. So I do think he settled down um, and, and was okay at parts in the rest of the half. But uh, yeah, I mean – Inexperienced in general, certainly rusty for lack of game time. Um, hopefully it's not the last we see of him. Uh, I still think he deserves um, some minutes and some cameos in the second half, maybe potentially. Um, or if you want to move him deeper in the midfield, if you're not going to be playing Stambouli and Mascarell as well, because part of me feels like he might be better there as opposed to uh, you know an attacking midfield role. 
Yeah, we also got to see uh, Gianluca Schuler uh, towards the second towards that second half, and he looked pretty decent, I thought overall. Um, but the, you know, we had two. It wasn't much to talk about in this game, uh, despite the overwhelming stats towards Mainz. I mean, really, Renov wasn't really troubled too much. A few times the defense did break down. Uh, I thought Renov was there making big saves. Uh, There's a reason why he would, he made team of the week along with Mustafi and Tiao, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I thought the two. I think the two probably best opportunities we had in the game offensively. One was early in the first half. Mustafi off of a, a set piece or a swinger or a corner or something. Header, good header. It was just a great reaction save by the keeper, I thought. It could have been better angle, but whatever. It was a good play by Mustafi. And then late nice, in the game. Nice ball in from Bosdoan, by the way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And Wait, then, I actually want to speak to you real quick just because please, please. we've been talking about how Harit continues to take set pieces for us when he's playing and how at no time has he ever really seemed convincing on those. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when, and I'm sure there's data that suggests that if you play it low and hard, that that if it gets past the first man, that leads to, to better the opportunities. I mean, who knows? But like, yeah. the problem is like the first ball almost never gets past the defender on these set pieces. And so yeah. to actually see Bosdwan come in, play a nice ball that has a lot of like, you know, hang time enough for like somebody to make a run and get a good contact was was nice to see. Insanely small sample size, but still nice. I think you you know what you mentioned there is it's critical about his the way the reason Boswan kind of got comfortable is he started doing this in swinging passes off set pieces and as they started doing you know really getting dangerous he got more and more comfortable it seemed like he that kind of seemed to relax him because I think he was very uh trepid, uh you know shy and and worried and overthinking it in the beginning stages but once he started doing the set pieces he kind of calmed down because they were very threatening pieces set pieces and like i said mustafi almost scored on the one yeah. uh and i thought you know overall from from set piece ability i thought it, that's something we had been lacking for a long time and um just it looked like something we hadn't seen in maybe a, a season uh, since calajiri has been here a, a good cross in um and then uh, you know that was one opportunity you know the second probably best opportunity we had was in the second half uh Serdar, running up the middle and creating a little half space and taking a shot off and forced the keeper to make a low save. But other than that, I mean, it was pretty much all minds with the ball. Like I said, uh, I mean, th- those were, those were literally our only shots, I believe. Yeah, you might I be right. No, I think we had right. two in the entire game and like, so and the Serdar yeah, yeah. one, yeah, still, but I mean, that was from ridiculously far yeah. out. Was it not? It was. So, um, yeah, it, I mean, the, the the expected goals for for both teams in this game were were under one. So, I mean, it kind of speaks to uh, the quality yeah, we were like of the point two or something like that for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But at least at least at least mines were, were had a, had a volume of shots, even if they weren't particularly good. But just the idea that that Schalke can go through ninety minutes against the seventeenth place opponent and only get two shots off is is terrifying to me yeah. and, and speaks to something yeah. that we've been talking about for a long time, which is yes, the def- the defense is a problem, and if you're shipping four or five goals a game there's really another conversation that you need to have because you're not going to score enough to, you know, to, to over overcome that and get your results. But, um, you know, fine. We see, we see a clean sheet, keep in mind the opponent, right. But we get a clean sheet, but yeah. if you have two shots on target, not you're not going to get, you're not going to get points and win games either. So, uh, no. yeah, it's, it, I don't know how you fix this. I don't, I don't know if you can at this point, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to, to watch us against an opponent that's that poor and, and struggle that much going forward. Yeah, the the one caveat I could take away, and it's a very small caveat, is that Mainz has been playing like a relegation team trying to survive lately, so they've been playing a lot better. So, but you know, two of the things that we wanted to, or two things we saw that were affected by the new manager, I think the defense. Uh, Mustafi is his best game he's played for us as since he's been with us. Tiao, another outstanding game. Becker was a pretty good as well. 
um, and then also the um, so defensively, and then also set pieces. I think our set pieces were a lot better than they had been in the past. So that's two small things to hang your head on, but still, yeah, we're a long way from being anything that is even respectable Bundesliga club at this moment. Um, you know, talk about the defense. You know, I did say Mustafi had been playing better. He he was one of the players of the week, as was Malik Tiao. I thought Malik Tiao had an excellent game. Uh, there's one play in the game where I think both he and Becker, we were talking about this live during the game, how they both stepped up. Uh, so Becker kind of slipped on a play on the right-hand side while he tried to step up, and then Tiao tried to step up the force to, to, to put pressure on the guy, and no one backed him up, really. And they had a great opportunity with just missed wide. Uh, I think it was a toe poke by, I forget who it was, for Reins. Um, that was the one moment that really scared me, but I thought Tiao was composed back there, looked wise beyond his age, and, and Becker again, and two 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 guys there with solid performances. They're getting better and better each week, and hopefully we can keep on hold on to them uh, for next season. Yeah, that's the chance. I think it was that may have been their highest XG chance of the game. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, I think it was two yeah, guys sliding in or something. I think a lot of Schalke supporters would agree at the moment that one of the only bright spots for us. Is, is Malik Chow, if we can hold on to him going into this fight to Bundesliga, because um, he has been fairly consistent. It also seems to make um, the individual mistakes uh, less than we've been seeing from other players at times. Um, yeah, as, as we're right Yeah, how are we doing, fellow <laughs> sufferers? Doing, we're, we're still here. We're here. <laughs> That's all we're doing. Um, yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, the, that, that center back pairing in this game. Once again, I want to I want to keep the opponent in mind that I don't want to get yeah. too carried away. Like, oh, clean sheet, great defensive performance against Let's seventeen place right? minds. Yeah, exactly. But even so, yeah, it was it was solid. You got to give credit where credits due. We've seen plenty of games where the defense has been worse than it needed to be, and here was it was pretty good. So, and also, you know, it didn't have a lot to do, but, but Frederick Runov once again looked fairly composed back there. Um, yeah. And I like him a lot. I, obviously, it's it's um, if Fairman's in in decent form, it's hard to pick against him just because of what he means to this club and provides from leadership perspective. But I think uh, Frederick Ronald's probably had his number all season and, and once again looked pretty decent back there. Yeah, like I, I think defensively, we didn't give up much. Yes, you know they had a lot of shots and whatnot, but nothing really threatening. And when the times that did get threatened, you know, Renov stood on his on his head. They had a great save in like eighty second minute that you know really could have ended the game right there. Uh, so yeah, I mean there were some some things to to be happy about, but for the most part, no, not really. It's it's a boring zero zero game. Really, nothing going on either end. Um, definitely, you know, we we did set up in that three five two. That you know, Gramosi's kind of went with a Darmstadt at the end of his tenure there. Hopefully, to add offensive output, and it didn't really do anything for us. So the question is, how do we rebound from that? How do we create more opportunities? I, I'm interested in your opinions on. Um... William at this point I feel like the last couple games he has uh really been a somebody who's been jumping off the screen for me in a negative way um in, in this particular I, I feel like a lot of times when he picks up the ball in transition he doesn't have the pace to advance it yeah. um and yeah. he gets swallowed up pretty quickly and also his his, his delivery has been pretty poor I want to say that he had like 50 something percent passing in this game yeah. which is just horrendous um and was was in my opinion a factor in why we had as few shots on goal as we did just because of the number of transition moves that he killed by playing an accurate pass. Not that it's entirely his fault for the movement that's going on in front of him, but yeah, um, yeah, that that William at, at a right mid right wing thing that experiment to me is rapidly becoming less interesting, and I'm I'm almost kind of done with it. Ludwig, um, um, you know, so I thought Chalinolu got better as the game went on. He started obviously, you know, you know, very nervous as being his first game, but he he grew into the game I thought. Uh William he, he I re, I agree. He doesn't have the pace. Uh his 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 crossing ability has been lacking. Uh he does have some like good technical ability like really close like quick passes and stuff like that, but that's about it and it's not really contributing offensively and I I think I have to agree with you about that's kind of the root of why 
a lot a, a good reason why we didn't have many opportunities coming from that side. Um, you know, at, at times the best times he looked was when he kind of moved in, let Becker swing out on the right hand side, and Becker would take those opportunities, and then we had some opportunities. But you don't want a guy who's been playing who's playing kind of a center back ish role to do that and then have to you know lug his way back there if you're not going to help him defensively. So yeah, they're going to figure that out. I mean, I don't know what the answer is there. Maybe you put well, maybe the answer is you put uh, Schoff back there or somebody here. Or uh, I don't know somebody somebody else a little bit more pace I think and I, I get like I understand that we just don't have that many compelling options like there just aren't that many people that you can look to and you know be excited about putting him back in in the lineup but um yeah I, I don't know I, I feel like yeah I feel I feel like especially if let's just say we're going with a four two three one I I still feel like I'd kind of rather have maybe like maybe Raman and and Harit on the wings with Becker at right back then then William I, I don't know it's 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 tough uh Raman yeah. is, is frustrating at times too at least at least he puts in the shift I mean he was killing himself I feel like in this minds game trying to track stuff down you think um, you with, think with the uh, non-existent service that there was but you think Serdar could play in the middle with uh, Hari and Raman on the wings I absolutely think Suat Serdar could play in the number 10 position I've been surprised that he's been shoehorned into like a like a double pivot as much as he has yeah, yeah. this season which seems to be a slightly less natural they've been forcing that Goretzka role on him it seems like right and they did the same thing with McKinney um and I don't know if that's his most natural position, I guess. I, I do want to see him play more offensively because, we, you know, the half season we were good under Wagner, mm-hmm. he and he and Harit were lighting it up and they, they were going forward and maybe we need him to do that and maybe sit William for at least a game or two um, to give these guys an opportunity if Harit is healthy. Uh, Rene is saying uh, Becker and Tiara are going to be the new Hovidis and, and Matip. Yeah, I mean, they have, they're already becoming fan favorites right away. Um, so uh, not going to disagree with that comment there, but yeah, we need to find a way offensively to, to create more opportunities. You know, if we, like you said, if you can't do it against a team like mines, how are you going to do it against Wolfsburg? Yeah. And once again, it's, it's one thing to not score. It's another thing to only really get a couple of shots off in, in, in the entire game. It's, it's so difficult for us to advance the ball into the final third and to, to do anything with it. It's, um, it's honestly pretty incredible. Uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, and credit to Suat Serdar because I mean, the number of times he was on the ball and was trying to dribble through people and just didn't have a lot of outlets, but, um, yeah, it's shocking that we've we've become that that bad, particularly in transition, which has always been something that we can kind of fall back on when even when our offense isn't firing on all cylinders. It's it's just tough for us to even get out of our own half right now. Yeah, yeah, and it's still too early to to, to judge the manager. Um, like I said, there was some positives defensively and uh, on set pieces. Hopefully, we see. I got to find a way to get either Boswell back on the pitch just so he can get those set piece abilities or someone else to take it. Cause yeah. yeah and once again, he, he wasn't, he was not particularly good in the, in the first half. I, right. I don't think he no. was horrible for the entire half. I think he got better as it went on, but um, yeah, I, I, and I could be wrong about this, but I, I still feel like you would just swap Serdar and Bosduan where they're playing. Yeah, I agree. I feel, I feel cause the, once again, the things that attracted us, I think both the Bosduan as a player initially were in possession, sort of in the midfield. He, he's fairly, composed on the ball oh, it's not right. that he's playing ridiculous passes to people all the time or like looks like he has an eye for goal it's that he is that he's able to facilitate possession i feel like better than some other people have been um but then when you're putting him a little bit higher in a team that lacks so much service i mean because like realistically like, what are what are hoppy and, and benito rama and and, and boss one in this game supposed to be doing i mean yeah. or, or william with like with how difficult it does for us to advance in the first place so yeah i don't know yeah we, something to consider <sighs> I hate bringing in the uh, mention of the football got Max Meyer, but you know that's something that he did very well. Is that he, he didn't do anything too flashy, but he kept the possession, he kept the ball moving, and I think Boswell has those characteristics where he could do that. And I agree with you. If you put, push up Sarah there, soft him out, 
um, you could have a potential of creating some kind of offensive opportunities. Um, you know, Boz one, I think has a lot to, uh, to bring to the table, obviously with the, the composure and the, and the distrib- distribution ability, but also, you know, frees up maybe guys like Serdar from his defensive responsibilities, gives him more opportunity, you know, attack forward. And maybe that creates more chances overall. Um, it yeah, it, it, I mean, Obviously, we're not we're not comparing the talent no. of these players to the people. No. Like, but I, I think that makes sense if, if you put Boz the one and sort of admire to like Serdar's Goretzka in the midfield, where where Serdar's able to maraud forward a little bit more in transition and, and and you know end up on the on the back of things. So yeah, uh, it was nice to really see him though. It's just unfortunate that it had to come you know off of Harit picking up that injury. Uh, yeah. He was training at least I think today individually, whereas Kolasinac was back in full team training. Hopefully, we get Harit um for the next match although I'm, I'm not sure how that's looking at the moment yeah and i feel like i saw harit moving around a little bit after like in the second half just warming up trying to trying to get, get loose i think so that's, that's a good sign at least hopefully and hopefully we get to see the hunter very soon too we need his help uh, offensively he's, he's i think he's our all-time leading scorer against mines he has like six goals and one assist in like like 800 something minutes against mine so it would have been nice to have him in this one unfortunately yeah, it uh yeah, yeah, coming yeah, late hop in there you know <laughs> yeah, one of one of the uh, one of the scores of of Schalke players currently injured with various problems. So yeah, it's ridiculous the amount of players. And you, you know, this is an interesting topic. Um, we, we talk about all the injuries that Schalke's had, but you know what we saw in that game, and you know, many people have commented on it, um, was the the guys just falling down like flies after like you know 60, 70 minutes. You know, Marie had you know Marie and her and her weekly roundup. Uh, for the Bundesliga, she's talked about how, like, you know, usually if you're playing in, like, extra extra time and it's a big game at the end of the season, you guys are falling down because they're tired. It's a long season. Not in the middle of the game. It's very, oh, it's very extreme, odd. No, extremely concerning. And, and keep in mind, we're already out of the cup. There's no European football this year. So in terms of, like, our fixture load and fixture congestion, as opposed to previous seasons, significantly less. And, like, sure, this was a Friday game as opposed to a Saturday or Sunday. But, like, yeah, the number of people yeah. pulling up with cramps and other problems is uh, – I mean, you, you can't tell me this is just chance at this point. And I'm not trying to like, you know, harp on people, but there's something going on with our training regimen and also probably our physio staff that needs to be looked at going into next season. Uh, Pacien- uh, Renee says Paciencia might be back soon, which would be big for us. I think just to have another body out there. Uh, he goes, what are your thoughts on him? Didn't mean to hit sense. <laughs> um, I, I think he would. I think he would help offensively automatically. He's got some good technical ability. We talked about in the past. Uh, he's, you know, he, his finishing ability maybe he's lacking a little bit. But at this point, we need a big body in there, someone who can hold the ball up, um, add something. You know, Hoppy can't do it all, and he's not. Yeah, I, I guess my initial impression of him when he came here was that I found him to be like a slightly less mobile and fluid player than I remember him being. But yeah. as as with him and so many people, we we didn't. I feel like get to get enough of a sample of him before his injury to really figure out what he was going to be able to bring to the table. I mean, like there was that, like, you know, Marco Paciencia partnership for a bit. And both of those players have, you know, kind of been out of the picture now for a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, se- he seems like a good dude though. He seems to probably be trying to stay positive and support the team while he's working on rehab and everything. And if he is able to get back into, um, a match before the end of the season, um, you, you certainly have to take it at this point. Um, and that's not that hoppy is, you know, it- it's difficult to, 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 criticize any striker in this team at the moment and i don't want to be yeah yeah go overboard on that just because of how bad we are but um yeah you certainly wouldn't say no to it you'd certainly take it i think with open arms if he came back 
any healthy body will take a discipline, right? Yeah. Um, you know, of all the negativity that's been going on around the club lately, um, some positivity, obviously, all the shirts by the by the old, old fans, uh, putting on a great display uh, in the in the stands. It was awesome to see. Uh, also, uh, Peter Canabo having some great words, um, you know, post-match. It gave you a lot of confidence as well as uh, Gerald Asamoa has some nice words, some great words as well. So, um, a lot of the, a lot of the, also a lot of the uh, veterans. I think Kim Karani had some had something to say recently too. Some good stuff. Uh, so you know we're trying to get together, stay together. You know, gemeinsam, some, uh, keep everyone you know staying positive. I think is is the important thing at the moment. Um, and what was the other thing? Is uh, exactly like to, to one extent coming off the back of of, of Christian Gross's time in charge, which was a manager that's increasingly looking like in hindsight was maybe not in the right place to be prepared to take on this job at this, at that moment. Um, certainly you would expect an upgrade in, in coaching and, and maybe some new tactical ideas that could help turn things around. But I do think given the point we are at the season, it's much less about that and more about what kind of personality Gramatis is and, and what he can do to the psychology of this team. Because as we've said numerous times, this group of players has now had several, several coaches to, to, to try to fix this. It's on the players at this point. Yeah. Um, and the only thing I think the coach can really do is just try to make sure they're organized and in the right frame of mind to go out and compete and be resilient, you know, in the face of what might come over the course of 90 minutes. So that's what we have to take a look at, uh, keep an eye out for. And, um, you know what, fairly, fairly well organized, clean sheet in the first match. So off to a, uh, decent start, relatively speaking, I guess. Yeah. And last time we played Wolfsburg was in the cup, I believe. And we played them well with one, nothing game. I think, uh, Vic horse, maybe got the, the long goal on that one. Um, but we need to make an improvement on that. I mean, it's going to be a difficult, difficult ask, right? I mean, the rest of the season is going to be a difficult ask. We need to end this on a positive note and, you know, get some good mojo going into next season. I think that's, you know, the main thing and, and looking towards using some of the youngsters, Tiao, Becker, Bazduan, you know, Chalinolo maybe next year, Hoppy, um, and, and Schuler. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how it ends. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to Wolfburg for that's the more, that's the more pressing thing at the moment. So um anything in particular you're gonna look for that game just hopefully we don't ship you know three or four goals yeah if if, if, if it's an effort yeah. that's close to what the dfb pokal effort was um i think we'd be happy i mean obviously it wouldn't be the right result but it, at least yeah. in terms of performance it'd be a performance that we could be satisfied with as a fan base i think i want to see the i want to see continued improvement on not only defensively set pieces uh show some offense <laughs> it'd be nice i think any uh, offense, yeah any, any offense any, yeah any right a shot on goal, uh, but I think you know, see, keep seeing progress. I want to see progress. You know, whether it's a it's a loss, long as it's a close one, like you mentioned, I think that's that that's important for us, especially psych- psychologically, because that seems to be one of the biggest things for us amongst the many things that's wrong with us. Right? It's like, psychological is, is is having the right the right mind frame uh, to play and, and do what you can, because no one disagrees that the talent isn't there. They can win, but they're not, and they got to jump over yeah. that huge hurdle. So anyway. I mean, I don't know. No, not much more to talk about, really. It was this blah game. Uh, new manager. We didn't have much time to really see him, so we'll get to see more about him this next game. Um, happy International Women's Day to all the women around the world. Um, anything else, Jack, before we wrap this bad boy up? Because it's a short episode. I don't know. We don't need to drag us on any longer. We should have had Marie on this episode instead of last last episode. But yeah, right? We had more to talk about last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think that's about sums it up. No need in talking another 10, 15 minutes about the Minds game that was... Pretty right. non-football, so um, yeah. we can talk about their classicer. No, just kidding. And and notice, I don't know if you noticed this on Twitter, but that's a good point to bring up. Saw very little gloating from Schalke supporters 
after that result, at least in compare, and maybe I'm not on the right part of Twitter, but like in comparison to There's what no I was seeing, to, there's no room to to gloat, right? Because what are they going to say? Oh, you're in last place. Who the fuck are you, right? Well, I'm just. I mean, I'm 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 saying it, it's uh, when you, when you talk about the celebrations that they had um, after beating up on one of the worst sides in Bundesliga history, which is us at the moment. You would um, think there'd be some, yeah. It's. Uh, it, I'm, I'm glad that we can provide a uh, temporary distraction from their perennial underachievement. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that we can provide that service to them because at the end of the day, we all know they're going to come up short against Bayern. Not that, that brings me joy either, but there sure. So, so there, there's my gloating now for the. Uh, there you go. To make, to make up for the lack of it that I saw. Anyway, there you go. There you go. So I mean, everyone, everyone, everyone's disappointed, right? Because Bayern's are still in first, and then you know, so Leipzig are not in first. So like, you got the bittersweet thing there, right? So. I guess both teams can't lose this the title this year, right? So anyway, <laughs> on that note, uh, Jack, uh, you know, for, well, not you, but everyone else, uh, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Uh, we want to thank Schalke for the, all the uh, tidbits of our podcast today. If there's anything you want us to discuss or bring up or, or do a video on, let us know at Schalke America on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, wherever you can find us on social media. Jack, uh, any shout-outs tonight? You know, one of my buddies is actually uh, in Nashville right now, so maybe he can head over to NBC4 Nashville and ask Hey-o. why they haven't acknowledged us at this point. But uh, I can I can follow up on that. No, uh, yeah, beyond that, I'm I'm good, man. Where can our uh, followers find you on social media? J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Very good. Uh, as always, you can follow me at r underscore k h a r m a n on anywhere on social media. <laughs> Until the next pod comes, my friends. Uh, Stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Tschüss.